0: Amen. Tonight, I want to talk with you just for a few minutes from the subject, accept the help. All right, just for a few minutes, I want to talk to you from the subject, accept the help. Uh, Getting a little bit older, I've kind of been blessed with these grandchildren, and thanks to uh, Genesis and Dion, they gave me some pre-grandparenting experience uh, with Dawson, so I had a chance. He's like our adopted grandchild, and we're able to you know, learn some things through him and see parenting through a different eye, what kind of watching your children parent. It's been like wonderful, oh my God, we're wondering, oh man, times have changed, parents are different now. So many things are different from when we raised our children. And then Tyra went ahead, her and her husband made us grandparents, for real, for real. And we have this little guy named Brendan. Now I am having what I'm calling Brendan lessons. So there's so many lessons that Brendan teaches me on a weekly basis. Usually, if I'm in town, he's with his grandpa on Saturdays. We have Grandpa Saturdays. We spend our time together. We get ice cream. We do some fun stuff. When he's not with his other grandparents, he's he's with me on Grandpa Saturday. my wife is working. She tries to jump in, but y'all already know the story, how that works. We kind of say, no, Grandma, this is Grandpa's time. But last weekend, uh, before I left town, we we had Grandpa Saturday a little bit, or a Grandpa Friday night, really. He came over and Brendan was in the room. He has somehow taken our guest room and turned it into his room. He somehow thinks that that's his room for his toys and everything goes there. Everything, Brendan, is in this room downstairs. And I was watching Brendan try to fit into one of his old toys. He had a little car that he's outgrown. He cannot use that car anymore. But Brendan is determined to get inside this car. So I hear Brendan in the room. I hear him throwing stuff. I hear stuff moving around. I kind of went near to see what was going on. I said, Brendan, what's up, man? What are you doing? And he kind of looked up at me and then looked back down and kept doing what he was doing, trying to get into the car. His frustration was that he wanted to get someplace where he couldn't really fit anymore. So he really needed some help. And it's funny how there are some times when we're trying to get places, we're trying to do things that we can't do. Someone's trying to help us, but we're so busy fussing, we won't allow them to help us. And, of course, here, Brendan and I, we're battling. We're going back and forth. And I'm like, buddies, let me help you. Come on, Brendan. Grandpa's trying to help you. Grandpa's trying to move you. And Brendan is, lo and behold, he's trying. He wants to step. And I'm trying to lift him, and he's trying to step. Then he starts fussing. swinging his legs. And I'm like, dude, just be still. I'm trying to put you down where you want to be. And it's so funny that that Brendan lesson, I said, wow, it's great that my grandson is determined. I love it. I watched Dawson be extremely determined. I'm watching Brendan be extremely determined. And I love every bit of the determination. But in this determination, I noticed that sometimes we have to kind of pipe down and accept help. And I was trying to tell Brendan, hey, man, grandpa's here to help you. I'm not trying to take you away from what you want to be into. I'm trying to get you into what you're trying to get into. You want to get in the car? I know it's too small, but I'm going to help you get in the car because I'm going to also have to help you get out. Then I started thinking, I felt, of course, I got Brendan situated, and he got in the car. He realized he couldn't stay, so I got him back out. He kind of kicked the car to the side and started playing with his other toys. And as I went back into the living room, I was sitting and I was saying, wow, God, How many times have you tried to do something for us or help us and we not accept it? How many times have you tried to open a door for us and we not accept it? How many times have you tried to do something for us and we not accept it? And I know tonight you're sitting there saying, wow, but I've been asking the Lord and I've been asking the Lord. Yeah, but sometimes we ask God and we help God all at the same time. Sometimes we ask God to do something and we start working on a plan B in case God don't come through that way. Well, here we have in the book of Hebrews, which I found is so interesting because here we are at Easter time, Right. And the older I get, not only am I experiencing these Brendan lessons, but then there's some lessons I'm getting spiritually for myself. And I'm like, Lord, help me as I get older, help me to really take full advantage of all of the help that you want to give me. Lord, help me as I get older to not be so independent in my own that I don't depend on your abilities, that I don't depend on your word, that I don't depend on the foundation that's been laid inside of me. So here we are. I came right back to Hebrews, and I'm like, now that we have Jesus, right, we know what we have. Jesus is a high priest who has access to God. He said, let's not let this slip through our fingers. In this time of Easter and resurrection, in this time of us focusing on not only the fact that Jesus Christ died, not only the fact that he was buried, but the fact that he rose again and rejoicing in our Christian journey, I'm like, Lord, let me not let this access slip through my fingers. Lord, let me not allow this opportunity to slip through Through my fingers. Let me not allow this access to slip through my fingers. Now, here's the part that I love. Uh, We don't have a high priest who's out of touch with our reality. He's not out of touch. He's been through weakness and through testing. This is what I love about God. There's nothing that we're experiencing that he hasn't experienced already. I heard Pastor Manny talked about the pressing on Sunday, and God, when he got to that third level of pressing, I was like, "Whoa, good God. Lord, help me to be pressed. There is nothing that we're experiencing right now that our God hasn't experienced already. Do you believe that? You can type that in the chat. God has already experienced this. God has already dealt with this. God already knew that this would be happening. He's all-knowing. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful, but he's all-knowing. He knew all this would be happening right now before us. There's nothing that we're experienced that God hasn't experienced already. All right, the Bible says, so it says he's been through weakness and he's been through uh, uh, testing, experienced it all except the sin. So let us walk right up to him and take advantage. One thing I love about this time of the year, Easter, I remember growing up, we had Easter speeches. I remember some of my speeches. I remember we had 6 a.m sunrise service, yep, I know many of y'all remember that that are watching tonight, 6 a.m. sunrise service, and we was there with bells on. I remember, let me go back a little bit further, we used to have shut-ins, so we would have the seven last saying on Friday night, we'd be able to go get something to eat, come back to church, and we would shut in until Sunday morning, sunrise service, then we'd go home, take our baths, take our showers, and come right back to church for Sunday school at 10 a.m., and then we'd turn around and have service right at 12 noon. It was amazing. It's amazing how I enjoyed all of that. I enjoyed being in the presence of the Lord. I enjoyed hearing those last seven words of Jesus Christ on the cross. I enjoyed every bit of it. I know some people, you might have found it miserable, but I found it a joy because that's all I knew. So I was excited about, I was excited about, being in in church all weekend with my friends, especially since there was a girl that I liked and her mother made her come to the shut-ins. So yeah, I, I won't even get into that. But yeah, that was just a joy of being together in church, and then we get to testify, and you get to hear the saints. Sometimes as kids, we laugh. Sometimes as kids, we got serious. Then they had tarry in service on Saturday night. Uh, you tarry for the Holy Ghost. We'd walk around the altar. We'd stay there. The mothers would be going behind us saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I know I'm kind of dating myself a little bit, but all of that was good for me because it made me who I am Now It made me know that I have access. It made me know that there was no limits. It made me know that there was a greater that would be working on the inside of me than he that was inside the world. So when I think about that kind of stuff, and then Sunday morning we'd have service, and the saints would be so excited, and our pastor would preach a message down from heaven talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yep, they talked about what happened on Friday, but then they talked about what happened on the third day really talking about what happened in between. Man, what a time, what a memory, how exciting it was for me to just know all of that and get excited about the resurrection get excited about the blessed hope but what's interesting to me is out of all of that it never really talked about how much access that we had it talked about what God did for us it talked about how he died for us it talked about how he's coming back again for us It's about how he's coming back for a church without a spot or wrinkle but not not much time did our pastor spend on how much access we had by the bloodshed so here it is when I'm thinking about that I'm excited excited, but then I'm also interested because I'm like, Lord, what's going on? Well, there's three things that the Lord would have for me to share with you tonight. As you prepare for Easter this coming Sunday, three things that God wants you to know wherever you are in the process, whatever your memory is, whatever your reflection is of Easter, here's what God wants you to know. The first thing he wants you to know is that he has not forgotten about you. All right. That's the very first thing that God wants you to know. I have not forgotten about you. I have not forgotten about you. One one of those sayings, when we talk about the seven last sayings of the cross, one of those sayings is Jesus crying out, saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Eli, Eli. And this was a cry out from the cross that Jesus had. And he was assured by his father. Could you imagine what it was like him being on the cross and feeling separated from his father during that time? him after carrying the crown of thorns, him after being hung, him after being beat, him after being laughed at, him after being mocked, him after being scorned, he's hanging there and he's like, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And there are some of you that are watching tonight and you're like, yeah, I know I'm supposed to be happy about the resurrection. I know I'm supposed to be happy about his death, his burial and his resurrection, but it feels like I'm dying right now. Who cares about me? Who's thinking about me? Who's concerned? about me and I'm coming to let you know tonight like God has not forgotten about you he hasn't forgotten your labor of love he hasn't forgotten your faithfulness he hasn't forgotten your joy he hasn't forgotten your service God has not forgotten just because it's slow don't mean it's not sure Your time and God's time are so different. God has not forgotten about you. It's amazing how he cries out from the cross and he's saying, God, have you really, really, really left me here? And Jesus is like, no, 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 I haven't left you so much so till now. He has to assure two thieves that are on the cross that he's hanging in between to let them know, yup, just as God is with me, I'm going to be with you. I won't forget you. Today you shall be with me in paradise. It's amazing how God can use someone else's circumstance to let you know I haven't forgotten about you two thieves he's hanging in between, they're talking out, one of them talking out of term. and Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, you're up today, you're forgiven, your sins are forgiven, today you'll be with me in paradise. It sounds like even in the midst of him feeling forgotten, God reassured him that you still have the power death and life are still in the power of your tongue. You have what you say. If you're watching tonight, sometimes you just have to change your language. God hasn't forgotten about you, but you have to let the word that has been planted down on the inside of you now become your reality. Now you have to speak up. Now you have to speak those things that are not as though they already are. Now you have to say, yep, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then you've got to tune your ears into the word. You've got to tune your heart into the word and then you've got to speak what the word says God hasn't forgotten you here's a challenge don't you forget God Don't let your circumstance make you forget oh my God that he's present. The Bible says that he's a very present help in the time of trouble. That he'll hide us. That he'll be our shield. The Bible also says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous can run into it and be safe. It sounds like God has not forgotten. He's eager to protect me. He's eager to cover me. He's eager to be with me. The Bible says, Lo, I'm with you always even until the ends of the earth. God God has not forgotten you. I want you to type that in the chat right now. God has not forgotten me. God has not forgotten me. He hasn't left me for dead. He's going to resurrect himself in me. I'm going to live. I'm going to be a testimony. I'm going to share the word. I'm going to let the world know that God has not forgotten me, all right? That's the first thing that I want you to know tonight. God hasn't forgotten you. He really hasn't. He hasn't forgotten your labor of love. He hasn't forgotten his promises to you. You can ask Hannah. You can ask Abraham. God has not forgotten about you. Hannah in the temple praying, God gives her her Samuel. That's right. Abraham going up to sacrifice Isaac. God hasn't forgotten you. There's a ram in the thicket. God has not forgotten you. The second thing I want you to know tonight, and I want to remind you of, it's not so much that you don't know it. I'm reminding you tonight that God has a plan for your life number two God has a plan for your life oh my God Jeremiah I know the thoughts that I have towards you I know the plan that I have before you is to give you a hope in the future it's to give you an expectation. I have a plan for you when you think about Jesus Before he got to Golgotha's Hill, he found himself in a garden. And Pastor Manny talked about this a little bit on Sunday, that Jesus finds himself in a garden. Well, in that garden, he has a decision to make. And in that time, and every one of us that are online tonight or whenever you're watching, you realize that God has you in a place where you have a decision that you have to make. And you're in that uh, that place called Gethsemane. You're in that place where it's like you're almost a little bit uncertain. Yep, yep, Pastor Tyrus. I know you say God has not forgotten, but it still feels uncertain. I know you're saying God is looking out for me, but it still feels uncertain. In this place called Gethsemane is where God has to, Jesus has to make a decision. He has to say, Lord, if it is possible, let this cup pass. And here I am to tell you that there have been many times in my life when I was like, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass. Sickness came. Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass. I remember dealing with a sick child. Lord, if it is possible, let this cup pass. I remember diagnosis. Lord, if it is possible, let this cup pass. Lord, if, if it's possible, let somebody, let it go past me. Let somebody else deal with it. Lord, I've been praising you. I've been serving you. I've been shouting. I've been declaring. I've been encouraging. I've been lifting. I've been watching folk get their stuff while I've been still waiting on my lord if it's possible let this hardship pass and he's like but you know what at some point i realize that you have a plan for my life since i know you have a plan for my life it comes to a point where i say not as i will but your will be done And here we are god he's in his garden of gethsemane and he's like lord if it's possible let it cut past but you know what it's not my will your will. Sometimes those are the most difficult words we can declare. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Those are the hardest words that a believer can declare sometimes because we're like, yeah, Lord, let your will be done this way. (laughs) Lord, let your will be done this way. Lord, let your will, let this door be opened like this. Lord, let this happen like this. Lord, let, let, Come on. Look, Lord, I must tell you how I want it done. And then you're going to make it your will. And sometimes that's really what we want to happen. And it's like, no, when you are really submitted to God, when you're really humbled in his presence, when you're really seeking him for direction, you're saying, Lord, let your will be done. And you're not even thinking about what you what you're going to do. You're saying, Lord, let your will be done. This is what I'd like to see happen. But Lord, however you allow it to happen, I'll say thank you. Lord, however you want this to happen, I'll say thank you. And here it is. He's saying, Lord, not as I will, but your will be done. And here it is, Jesus, while he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, he makes a decision to say, okay, Lord, whatever your will is, I'll do it. And it's in that moment that he then makes a decision to say, yep, I'll have to follow the road. The road is not easy. The road is rough. The road is tough. There's going to be a lot of ridicule on the road. There'll be some persecution on the road. There'll be some laughter on the road. But God has a plan. I want you to type that in the chat. God has a plan. I don't understand it, but God has a plan. It doesn't make sense, but God has a plan. It doesn't feel good, but God has a plan. I don't know why it's happening like this, but God has a plan. I don't know why it can't just go smooth for me. God has a plan. I don't know why I have to deal with so many challenges. God has a plan. And that's where we are. We have to realize that God has a plan For my life. And sometimes we can get tricked because we can start looking at what God is doing for other people and get discouraged. But when you know that God has a plan for you, you know, there's something about knowing that God has a plan that makes me say, nope, I'm not going to be distracted. Nope, I'm not going to be taken off course. God has a plan. And in this plan, there might be some bloodshed. In this plan, there might be some hard road. In this plan, I might have to bear a cross. In this plan, I might have to deal with some stuff. In this plan, I might have to get hit a few times. I remember being a kid and getting whoopings. And I I don't know, nowadays, you don't probably get whoopings like that. But back in the day, my mother, when we come down south, she would get a switch off the tree. If I did something that wasn't right, she'd get a switch. And good God Almighty, she would tear the leaves off of the switch. And when she hit you, it would sting. You just go, ah, my God. Here it is, sometimes life i Sometimes it's hitting us like that switch, and we're like, "Ouch, ouch!" And we can't get away from it because now, when I started moving too much, my mom would grab my hand, and one hand she had me, and the other hand she had the switch. Y'all don't know nothing about whoopings like that, and it was whoopings like that that let me know, "Okay, I can take it. I can take it." Because you know what? After I stopped crying, after I got myself together, after she said a few times, "Shut up, stop crying. I don't want to hear that. You you cry, I'm gonna beat you some more." God is so good. He let me know, "Listen, I can take it." Now, I'm not encouraging anybody in the chat to go get any switches and beat your kids. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I was able to endure more than I thought. And in this world, in this life that we have right now, while we're waiting for God to do, God had a plan for me. Who knew the whippings would equip me for some pain that I would have later? Who knew the whippings would equip me to be able to endure some of the hardness that I've had to endure? Who knew that that whipping would encourage, encourage me to listen at times when I didn't necessarily want to listen? I remembered the whipping, and when I remembered that, it caused me to fall right back in line. Here it is. God is causing you. He wants you to know, I have a plan for you. Yep, you might be whipped a little bit. Yep, you might be hit a little bit. You might feel the sting a little bit, but I have a plan. It's not in vain. And the third thing I want you to know, so remember, the first thing is God hasn't forgotten about you. The second thing, God has a plan for your life. But the third thing is that God is not finished with you. He's not finished with you. God is not finished with you. Let me, God is not finished with you. Let me say it again. God is not finished with you. Now, how would I know God's not finished with you? Because it was on that cross where Jesus was. Again, as we're preparing for Easter, Jesus is hanging on the cross, right? And he goes through the seven sayings, and many folks thought that it stopped, that it is finished, all right? It's, oh, it is finished. Oh, that's when it was it. That was his last saying. No, that was not the last saying of Jesus Christ on the cross. The last saying of Jesus Christ on the cross was, into thy hands I commend my spirit, which lets us know that God is not finished because there's more work that had to be done. There was a resurrection that had to take place after the burial, and after the resurrection took place, there was so much work to be done. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no redemption for us. I know y'all getting happy in the chat. Without the shedding of blood, we wouldn't have a free to life. We wouldn't have a freedom of decision. We wouldn't be able to cry out our Father, and He heal us, and He save us, and He redeem us from the hand of the enemy. Without the shedding of blood, there would be no remission. So, and when most folks saw death, there was life being birthed right in those moments. God is not finished with you. You might be tired. You might be worn out. You might feel like this is it. Nope, nope, nope. This is not it for you at all. God's not through with you by a long shot. The thing is that you have to be willing to accept the help. In the garden, he had to accept the help. Not as I will, but as Thou will. All right, God, you'll help me through it. Here it is. When we talk about God not being finished with us on the cross, he's saying, you know what? You know what? I, I'm yielding up the ghost, but I'm accepting the help. Because what happens is there's going to be a greater that's living inside of me. And there's going to be more work to be done through me. God is not finished with you by a long shot. When he resurrects that thing, that you have allowed to lay dormant when he resurrects that thing that you've allowed to get silent because of fear or you've allowed to get silent because of rejection or you've allowed to get silent because you feel like you didn't fit. You're allowed to get silent because you felt like it wasn't your time. God is saying, no, 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 no. I'm so glad that you've humbled yourself to my will. I'm so glad that you've opened up yourself to what I'm about to do because now I can help you. I can't fight you while you're fighting me, but I'll help you when you submit to me, and that's what we're talking about. We're thinking about this time of resurrection. What we're talking about is God not being finished with us. We're talking about God allowing us to suffer and endure, but then God allowing us to be resurrected. Not only resurrected, but being resurrected with power, being resurrected with authority, being resurrected resurrected with clarity. This is what God would have for us now. So in this Easter, as you get ready for this weekend, I want you to start, as you pull out your garments, you know, I know folks get really dressed up, they're shopping and getting all glamorous and getting all ready, and the family's coming together, and we're going to have a big Easter egg hunt, and we're going to have family dinner, but please don't get all dressed up on the outside and forget to dress up in here. Don't forget on to put on your armor. Don't forget on to put on your breastplate of righteousness and your shield of faith as you're getting ready don't forget to put on your shoes and have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Don't forget to put on that. So this way, when you come in with the other believers and worship on Sunday, and we are in here worshiping, we will worship because we realize there are three things that we can hang our hat on. The first thing is that God hasn't forgotten about us. The second thing is that God has a plan for our lives. And the third thing is that God is not finished with us. I am simply believing that God is going to rec- resurrect some things in you over this next couple of days. I believe that God is going to bring to life some things to you over these next couple of days. I believe God is going to cause you to dream again. I believe that God is going to cause you not only to dream again, but he's going to awaken the desire to have. He's going to awaken the desire to be. He's going to awaken the desire to move. He's going to awaken the desire to desire again. I just believe that tonight. I pray that this short time that I've had with you will bless you. And that you'll be able to reflect on what's on the inside. And as you prepare for Easter, that you'll be able to say, yep, God, you have a plan for me. I realize you're not done. And I'm so grateful. Let's pray. I want to pray with you right now. Father, we thank you for this time that you've given me with your people. God, here we are in your presence. And we know that as the enemy has fought and as the enemy has tried to make us to believe that we're not, You always send a word right on time to let us know that you're with us, that you have a plan for us, and that you're not done with us. And, God, we thank you so much for that. Now, Spirit of the living God, you know those who are watching. You know the time that they're watching this broadcast. And we're asking you, Jesus, to touch, strengthen, encourage, uplift, empower your sons and your daughters right now. We thank you for it in the name of the one who hung blood and died and who was coming again for a church without a spot or wrinkle. We thank you now in Jesus' name. We all type together, amen, 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 amen. If you've heard a word that blessed you tonight, I want you to type amen. If you know that God is not through with you and that you're going to accept the help, that's what's important. If you're going to accept the help of Jesus Christ, I want you to type that tonight. I will accept the help. I will accept the help. I will accept the help. want to challenge you to do something tonight. Speaking of accepting help, we want to accept your help with Victory Park. You know, our pastor has been talking about it. We're excited about where World Overcomers is going. And right now, we want to give you the opportunity to sow into Victory Park. If you've already given your tithe and your offering, that's wonderful. Now we want to give you a chance to sow. Whatever your seed may be, sow into it now. If you have not already, this is your chance to make a pledge. Maybe this is your first time hearing about Victory Park. It is an amazing amazing campus that the Lord has given our pastor, not only to fill us spiritually, which we will be full. This church has no lack for worship or word. We get word, and I'm so blessed to be a part of a word church that believes in the word. And I believe that our church, I'm glad to be a part of a church that also has balance, balance, victory for the God-designed life. So we want the spirit, for your spirit man to be encouraged, and truth, the truth about ourselves, the truth for us to be better, the truth that we can make a difference where we are. And I want to encourage you to sow to that right now. If you're not familiar with Victory Park, Make sure you go to www.worldovercomers.church and you'll be able to click on that link and you'll have more information about Victory Park and the vision of our senior pastor. As you give, I believe the Lord is going to bless you. I believe he'll be open towards your needs tonight. I'm going to pray again and we're going to go. Father, we thank you so much again. Thank you for everyone that's sowing a seed tonight into Victory Park. Thank you for those that believe in the vision and the mission. Thank you for those who will click tonight to learn more about the vision of Victory Park. Thank you for such a visionary. And thank you for strengthening our backs to work in this season. We thank you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, we all say together, amen, amen, amen. I look forward to seeing you Sunday morning right here, 10 a.m. Oh, Kids has so many special things for you. We want you to be here with us, and we will see you on Sunday. God bless.